Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Preds Power Hour here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the A for mentioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, and I've got my favorite Preds, writers, potters, YouTubers, thinkers, here with me as that they are each and every week. we got Brian Bassett of OnTheForeCheck.com. Brian, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're getting dangerously close to this. Uh, this season kick, uh, kicking off is not the right term, but uh, dropping the puck, I guess. And uh, I'm 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 psyched for it. I'm real excited. This has been it's been nice kind of doing these previews and stuff, but we're getting close. We're going to have a Preds preview here soon. And, and then before you know it, they'll be on the ice. That's true. And we'll have some actual on the ice stuff to talk about with the Preds here in a second. But also here, Jeff Middleton of goodness everywhere. And that means everywhere. Jeff Middleton, writer, Google. You'll find him all over the place. Jeff, good evening. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. You know, a little tired. Been a long week, but I'm excited to talk some hockey and talk, talk about the Preds 
not in a hypothetical sense, but things that actually happened, as Brian alluded to. Uh, there was some stuff that, you know, in Pred's world that wasn't off the ice. So that was fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's clear up what happened off the ice um, here with the new Preds head coach. It's going to take some getting used to it. It seemed like the article when it, that feels like forever ago that Andrew Burnett got hired and that um, uh, a lot of changes in mm-hmm. a very short amount of time. And it just, uh, it hasn't really set in. I feel like we'll notice a lot more once the season gets going. You're like, oh, this is just kind of weird. Um, this is a whole new uh, FO really and a new front front facing FO and coach. And it's just kind of weird uh, with a team that is very, uh, that has been traditionally very obsessed with keeping the status quo. Uh, a lot of change uh, for the first time in several decades here so brian what uh what should we start here with uh andrew burnett the new preds head coach and uh what uh what happened this week yeah so um before you know don't want to send too many of you into panic this is it could be kind of seen as a, a story that doesn't make too much of a difference for now but um as, as some of you will remember back in february when andrew brunette was still an assistant coach with the new jersey devils uh february 1st actually he was arrested for dui there's video that's out there um driving a golf cart. It's, you know, it's, it's what it is, you know, and, uh, he was arrested. He got charged with two counts of, um, uh, failing to obey, obey a stop sign and had $500 bond. He didn't say anything about it there when the Tennessean reached out. He, you know, he did apologize, um, early on and said, you know, he felt bad that he put the players and coaches in a position where they had to answer for him. And, you know, it's a, let the process take care of itself, live and learn so on. And as of about two or three hours ago, um, there was a report from Andy Slater who had said that the um, though that DUI, the charges from that had been dropped um, as of today. So, again, I don't think it's going to make a difference in the grand scheme of things uh, because I think they are the predators and and brunette and everybody involved that kind of moved on. Uh, so that's just one less thing I think that people have to to worry about, you know, and but of course, you have to make sure that, you know, a lot of times with people in the in sports, the NHL coaches, especially, uh, you know, guys will get second chances to move past things like this and usually they grow from it but sometimes they don't and that's that's a topic for for later on as well absolutely but we'll see uh what if anything out there comes up because we'll talk about it on preds power hour so look out for that but this might be uh the end of that uh portion of the conversation but we shall see uh how the next couple weeks play out um prospect showcase that happened and jeff was out here grinding on the clips uh, on his twitter feed you can follow him there uh he's out here uh we're watching uh, i guess i can this is not very nice but i'm just gonna do it anyway he could be watching wake uh vanderbilt lose to wake forest or vanderbilt lose to unlv wow. and he was like you know wow. what i'm gonna do instead i'm gonna watch some prospect season review stuff i'm gonna watch some prospect showcasing on my football saturday in the south that's the life of a vanderbilt fan. hey the, no, you know what I, you know what i was watching ball. i was watching i was watching miami of ohio beat cincinnati for the first time since 2005 very as nice. america was all watching we were all captivated mm-hmm. yeah let's go red hawks baby yeah were you at the game it. was it there or was I, it, it was at no it was in cincy but we were all watching it they brought uh they brought the bell after after they won they brought the bell to the biggest bar uptown and people were freaking out it was so cool oh awesome yeah. i love that how far is miami of ohio to cincinnati is it pretty close uh, about, it's 40 minutes oh that's really we close. Could, yeah we yeah we could have gone but that's like a. I mean we, we kind of went in with the expectation that they weren't gonna win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, they I mean, did, that, and I I love it. It was great. It was uh, my back when they lived in down in Florida. Like it was kind of like that distance between uh Orlando, USF, and UCF. You know, in Tampa mm-hmm. and Orlando, uh, the battle for I four, which I still think is funny because it's 
it's not an interstate because it doesn't leave the state and it's an awful stretch of road. I can, I've never seen so much, you know, the highest percentage of total interstate that is under construction or just awful to drive on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's, that's I four for you, but no, I think I, that's awesome though. I did see that. And I thought about you now with Miami, Ohio and seeing that that's because I mean, a lot happened on Saturday. I, I mean, we can talk about the obvious, which was Colorado, Colorado state, um, you know, Tennessee but, had a buy. Uh huh. Yeah. Tennessee Two? did have a bye. People forget. Uh, but we Tennessee can avoid that. lost, and it was really funny. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Okay. I don't, I, we don't have to do you that. You brought up Vanderbilt, man. I did do that. I, I did do that. That was my that was my bad. Uh, Jeff, though, you watched the pre, uh, the uh, the prospect showcase here. What did you What did you see, and how uh, specifically how uh, did it relate to the Preds over the last few days? Yeah, I mean. Anytime that there's young players on the ice in in the actual Preds jerseys, it's it's something that everybody's you know gonna want to tune into and and you know especially with last season being as you know inclusive of the young players as it was you know you have all these injuries and these guys come up and you start learning people's names and where they sit in the prospect rankings, um, you know among experts and people that watch them in their own respective leagues. Um, you know, you, you start really paying attention and that makes something like this all the more important. Um, just kind of getting a gauge on, on which guys are, you know, vying for a spot, uh, this, this upcoming training camp. Um, and there were some, I mean, they played, uh, three games in, uh, I think it was this called the Southeastern rookie showcase or something like that. Um, they lost all three, which, uh, you know, doesn't mean anything. Sky is falling. Yeah. The sky, the sky is falling. Uh, we're, we're doomed the prospect pool is not as good as we thought it was um mm. no but i think you know there were some guys who really made a difference uh and and were fun to watch you know i think uh the easy ones Joachim kemmel um i tweeted about him a couple times the guy is so good uh he's i think i'm really looking forward to him not only just because he's a guy that's that's you know talented offensively but he provides the predators and basically whatever team he plays on uh the ability to have flexibility on the power play um because he's you know some of the shots he was you know throwing on net from that right circle or from that left circle was they i mean not i don't want to compare him to ovechkin because ovechkin's in a league of his own with that one timer but man he was rocketing the puck off his stick over there like it you know it, it frees up so much space for the other guys to do their work um you know we saw luke evangelista obviously get in uh on the scoring and and create some excellent plays uh and then uh let's see, i mean igor afanasiev who you know he's he's gonna need to prove himself and I think it shows that that the front office thinks pretty highly of of him with uh, giving him the captain's patch and all that for this little tournament. Um, you know, it might not seem like much, but that's it's a you know it's important in the grand scheme of things to know that the 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 coaching staff uh, you know trusts you to to lead a team. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, a, another guy that that stood out to me. Um, actually, there are two more that really stood out to me. Um, I think I think Tanner Mullendike had a really good tournament. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be like a world beater. Um, and I don't think anybody expecting him, you know, was right to do ex- expecting him to do that was right to do so. But he, you know, he showed us what his strengths are and and, and why the Preds decided to draft him. 
Uh, you know, he used his skating through in transition. His his puck movement as a as a power play quarterback, especially moving it over to Kemble in the left circle, was really really strong. Um, he he was able to generate uh, offensive chances through the neutral zone and on the rush. Um, he was really good. Uh, I loved what I saw from him. There were obviously some things he could have worked on, um, right. or, or he can't work on because you know he's eighteen. But you know that's it's it's exciting to see him match up against these other highly touted prospects and fit in. It didn't look like he was in the wrong spot a lot of the time. Um, and the other was Fyodor Svechkov, who, um, you know, I, I was expecting him. Svechkov doesn't play a, a super, you know, flashy game. And I think anybody watching that can register that immediately. Um, but man, when we, you know, when, when we watch him uh, as, a player and you're like, you notice about him is it's the little things. It's the, he's a great, he's a great puck handler and he moves the puck really well. Um, You know, he's not going to outskate a bunch of guys in the neutral zone. And he, there were a couple of times through the rush uh, when he was playing with faster players um, that he would have a guy come to him and just kind of like put the puck into space and it would allow his teammates to come and, pick it up through the neutral zone and, and keep that attack going forward through the middle. Like it's just those little things that really kind of separated him from, from everybody in my eyes. And it's something that I think you really have to look out for. If you're not watching him actively, you're not going to notice it. But when you do, you're like, Oh my gosh, he got his stick in this lane. He blocked the puck. You know, that would have been a scoring chance if he wasn't there or, you know, the re- he's the reason that we even got that chance in the first place because he poked the puck up just the right amount and the player was able to come in and get it. Um, stuff like that. It's the little things. And, and it's, it, that's really important. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we, that's what we, that's what everybody saw when, you know, the press drafted him. Um, so yeah, that, that he was good. I think the one person that I was a little bit disappointed in was Zach LaRue. Um, he, I mean, he's a fireball. We all knew that. Um, but the first game, uh, especially against Tampa, he was, I don't want to say not good, um, but he was very kind of hit or miss. Uh, the The two go- first two goals that Tampa scored um, to tie the game, uh, to, to you know, tie the game um, were a result of, of mistakes on his end. Um, first one was a, he, he wasn't paying attention to the defender behind him and he was able yep. to sneak in and uh, wide open in the faceoff dot. And it was, you know, easy pickings from there on, on Askarov. Um, and then uh, the other was uh, he took a bad penalty. Uh, he was, you know, gunning straight for a guy. The game was getting a little chippy on the shift before, and he was gunning straight for a guy and, and clipped his leg out from under him, um, which, you know, and I, I tweeted about it, but uh, I tweeted a video of it, but even, even the, uh, the color announcer was like, Ooh, when he made that hit. Uh, and, and then they scored on the, they scored like eight seconds into the power play. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there were times uh, I didn't really notice him. He didn't stand out at all other than those negative moments, which was kind of a disappointment because, you know, he needs to, he, he he's had too much conflict to not have a good rookie camp. Like he, right. he, the other things going on make it so that he needs to have a good on ice performance and him not doing that kind of, it doesn't worry me, but it's, it makes me like, it, it makes it all the more important down the road. 
right i mean i mean he's and he's famously known you know he's he's an agitator you know he is a guy that you know and and what i think that nashville and other other teams kind of thought about when he was coming you know up up in the draft was that he has the ceiling that can make that worth it it's just a matter of him being able to balance that with his his skill because there's no i don't think there's any doubt that he is a very skilled player um, but you know, there's that, that's a difference, you know, they're hoping for, if he's going to be this type of guy, they're hoping for a guy like a Tom Wilson, you know, that type of, you know, he's not just in there to be an agitator. He's, he's not a guy that you're putting in there just so, so he can fight. Uh, he's not a Cody McLeod type of, you know, that type of player, which, you know, let's hope. Um, and so, you know, for him, I guess it's for him, it's almost more important for a lot of these guys, you know, especially like the fe- young defensemen, you say, you know, if you didn't notice them during a game that's good. Like, that's what you want out of like a defender, things like that. I think for him, he has to, you know, he has to play, you know, on that line, you know, and make sure like more than anybody that he's, whatever he's doing, he's doing it at his absolute best and most sound, because again, there's going to be these things that are going to go, okay, like, yes, but how much, you know, how many power plays are we going to end up, you know, uh, having to to kill during a game, you know, because of him, which again, I, he's, he's talented enough that you take that risk. You know, I like the pick. I think he is going to develop pretty well. It's just a matter of, can he, you know, he's had incidents, you know, as recently as last season, you know, and so it's just a matter of watching him and what, you know, what he does and how he matures as a player. And, you know, speaking of mature too, I did want to add on, um, the, you know, one of the things I really liked um, from this was, you know, Askarov had, a game, like a couple of good games. I think seven goals in those two games. But again, I don't know if I would entirely put that on him. I mean, I guess he's, it's a kind of a preview of him, you know, what it would look like in Milwaukee, I suppose. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, the color commentators, they did, they did make me laugh a little bit when they said that he's, you know, he's just so technically sound. And I was like, yeah, in a way, yes. Like in the way that raw talent can kind of make it feel that way. Um, but, you know, Evangelisa, just, you know, fantastic. And really, I mean, I was just really impressed because last year I said this during camp, it was that he was the one guy during rookie camp that did not look like he looked like an NHL player already. Like he's just his movement, his skating, the way he carries the puck. It's it's I mean, we know that now we know he's NHL ready because he did it, Um, you know, but I, I, you know, there was a lot there was some mistakes by some of the players. You know, I think you had talked about um, and I'm completely blanking on his name, even though I can remember the entire, Oh, uh, Molendick. Like, I think he, he had the, uh, in the last game, I think he had had that mistake early on to give up that first goal. But as soon as that goal, like had been scored, they were immediately, you know, led by him back on the other end. They generated two or three chances on the other end, like good quality chances. And so that's the kind of thing, like you can see a rookie score a really impressive goal, or you can see them have a huge mistake. But to me, seeing him, have that mistake and immediately come back into the game and make an impact and drive offense the other way. That's something that you want to see from a guy that you, you know, you spend a first round pick on because that's, that's a maturity. That's a maturity and a growth thing. And that's something that, Hey, this guy can be teachable and he's going to be, uh, he's going to be strong. And, you know, if he makes mistakes, which everyone does, he's going to be back into that game and being able to, you know, be able to counterattack it and maybe nullify the mistake. So I really enjoyed that, that from him. Yeah. I thought there were some other players too that, that that stood out in their own own way through kind of each individual game. Uh, I, I I gotta say I wasn't super impressed with Reed Schaefer, uh, which does worry me a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I think there was some talk last year about how you know his performance in 
you know, junior hockey wasn't like the great in the CHL wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I don't want to like entirely give up on him, but there were some plays where I was just kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's never a good thing. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think Kalen Lind was, was good. Uh, I, I liked, I liked what Jack Mateer had most of the time. I mean, I didn't think he was, I, like you said, I think with these young defensemen, the, the goal is to not notice them. Um, and I, I don't think, I think a lot of the defensemen, I didn't really, you know, nothing stood out to me where I was like picking on them, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Um, I think same with pro cop too. I think that, you know, yeah, yeah. I thought he looked very good. Um, and you know, uh, Kevin wall was another guy that I think kind of stood out to me, uh, not a household name whatsoever. Um, but you John know, Wall's had, cousin, correct. that's That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he had some great plays, uh, you know, scored a few, scored a couple goals. Uh, he was, you know, part of, he became part of the offense. Like I, you know, every time he was on the ice, I expected him to create something, which, you know, it's a big step to take. Um, yeah, I think overall, you know, despite the three losses, I thought it was a, a pretty successful few showings for, you know, some of the big names and, and even some of the the guys that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think about. And there this you is go. Big. This was big because, you know, this roster, the NHL roster is probably more wide open in Nashville than it has been in a long mm-hmm. time. And so these guys, you know, this was huge for them. And again, I don't think the result of the game matters too much uh, in most people's minds, you know, the coaches and everything like that, which it shouldn't. But, you know, these guys were, you know, this was their chance. This was the last chance to try and make a spot because there might be more spots for guys like that to, to you know, start camp with with the team. There you go. Speaking of starting camp and actual teams, we have the Pacific Division here. We're going to hit. Uh, if you missed the Atlantic, guess what? You can find it on YouTube. You can find shorts, clips, all that good stuff uh, everywhere. Just type it in. Uh, Power Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it and all of our previous episodes at that spot. But we are now in the Pacific Division where the Anaheim Ducks might not score a lot of goals once again. Uh, Brian Bassett, but tell us about those Anaheim Ducks and the offseason that they've had. Is there a chance that the offense might be watchable in 2023, 2024. Uh, maybe. I mean, mm. I will say this. I will say that, um, you know, looking at Anaheim, again, we'll go back. They finished uh, last in the division, obviously, 23, mm. 47, and 12. Um, and it, well, they weren't a good team. It's just that there was, there's no getting around it. You know, they've got a handful of guys that are still around from what some might call, you know, their, their last, you know, heyday, their glory days. Um, but, this is a team that's very much in transition um, and it's painfully aware. It didn't take half a season for them to realize that. Um, and so coming into this year, you know, they've got, they, you know, Dallas Eakins is still, I th- I still like him as a coach. Um, I think that they need to give him time because I think no coach is going to turn this roster around and make it look presentable, uh, you know, these last couple of years. But, you know, there's a couple of things that are good looking, you know, looking forward. Um, you know, they've got $16.6 million in cap space. Now, there's a reason for that, but still, they've got they've got room to work with, um, and part of the reason they have room to work with is because two of their RFA's, Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegras, um, are both still unsigned. And actually, as of a couple hours ago, they noted that they are still both camps are in you know negotiation with the team, uh, but they may not be you know they're they're they may not be reporting to camp with the rest of the team just because they don't think that anything is imminent with those, um, which, which you know. 
for for if, if I'm in Anaheim, Trevor Zegras and J- Jamie Drysdale are two excellent players to kind of build around. Uh, and and you know I like Drysdale a whole lot too. And you know my feelings on Zegras. Um, you know again say they Nashville offered a seven year deal for eight point five million dollars. That's just a first, a second, and a third next round. And Nashville's got five picks in the first three rounds next year. So and a little under eight million dollars in cap space. Just saying, but. Um, you know, they've got they've got a lot, you know, they they're and they're going to be working to this is a team that's going to be continuing to be deconstructed over the next over the over the season. I think that they're going to start the season with, uh, you know, some of the guys in the lineup that that we're used to seeing. But, I you know, it won't be long before a guy like, um, you know, John Gibson's probably out. I thought he was going to move this this offseason and he didn't. Um, he's getting six point four million dollars for for four years, which again, we are huge John Gibson fans over here. But you know, it's towards the end of his career that they know that he's going to move on. And another guy will be Cam Fowler, making six and a half million dollars, but you know, for three years. Those are guys that I just really don't. I don't see them staying. You know, and especially because you know what, uh, Troy Terry just signed a seven by seven deal. Um, for some reason. They paid Alex Killorn six point two million dollars. Um, I forgot about I, that. That's nuts. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that entirely. <laughs> yeah, and then you get guys like Adam Henrique, uh, Jakob Silverberg, who I think both making over five million dollars, but they're in the last year of their deals, so that could you know that that makes that gives them room. So the, we know that there's guys going to be on the move, coming in, coming out, um, and I think that they're rebuilding. You know, a lot of teams will rebuild over the off season. This this is a guy, the team that you know their off season is not going to really end because they're going to be continuously working on this team. And that's probably the right move in my deal. Cause again, there's, I don't think anybody is kidding themselves into thinking that Anaheim is going to, you know, contend for a wild card spot this year. They could, you know, you know, you get Drysdale Zegers in, they, you know, they do, you know, they, they get some, you know, good streaks on cause there are some bad teams at the bottom of this division and, and maybe, but I just don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, the, the, the offense is almost non-existent. Um, you know, and so it's, 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 Gibson will probably be around and he'll probably, you know, probably be maybe top, top 20, top 15 goaltender kind of maybe, but it's not going to last too long. He'll be probably traded to some team that just is going to need help. It's always, you know, probably what November they're going to have, some team is going to have a catastrophic goaltender injury and the market's going to get shifted around. So somebody quickly, where do you want to see John Gibson go at the deadline, Jeff and Brian quickly, who, 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 who's your dream scenario for Gibson? Who does he make the most sense and could potentially swing a playoff uh, series just because they have devils. Oh, Seattle. Seattle. I don't trust Martin Jones, even though he had a good year. Okay. Seattle, New Jersey. There you go. I like it. Um, Well, there you go. The Anaheim Ducks still not going to score any goals and are still going to be one of the worst teams in the Pacific Division going into 2023, 2024. Um, Next up. Oh, yeah. Future's bright. We've said that, but like, let me see one good offensive year and we can say the future's bright (laughs) Anaheim. Let's have one good offensive year there Um, because I'm not convinced they're allowed to have a good offense. Uh, San Jose Sharks, Jeff, another team who was quite bad in uh, 2022, 2023. Are things looking up based on what they've done this offseason, sir? Well, I, I I'm not sure if I don't I don't know if they're they're looking up, but I think they made some moves to kind of trend that way, I guess. Um you know, that their biggest move was obviously the Eric Carlson trade, um, you know, moving him to to Pittsburgh uh, and getting back, you know, former Pred, Mikhail Granlin, mm. um, which, you know, shout out to Pittsburgh for giving Granlin, for giving 
the Preds as much as they did for Granlund. Uh, uh, they also got Mike Hoffman. So, Mike, we're going to actually be able to see Mike Hoffman in a Sharks jersey, uh, which, you know, it's a reference to the one time he was traded to the Sharks before being traded again. Uh, Sharks legend, Mike Hoffman, I should say. Uh, and then they got uh, Jan Ruda from the Penguins. It was a three-team trade uh, as well um, with the Canadians. They got Hoffman from the Canadians. Um, and then Ruta and Granlin from the Penguins. And then I also got a conditional first uh, in 2024. Um, so, yeah, they lose, you know, Eric Carlson scored 100 points last year, 100 bajillion points. Uh, guy was an offensive machine, but he also costs a lot of money. Um, so, you know, you've traded him for guys that you can move. Um, you know, you also got uh, Anthony Duclair in the lineup now, who you could also move at some point. Um, but he's going to be, you know, an offensive weapon. We know we, I mean, I love Anthony Duclair. I think he's a, I I think he's a he very good player. Yeah. I, I, at first I was like, really? And then I, yeah, I looked it up. I was like, yeah, okay. Guess, guess this is happening. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can't remember if it was this past, I think it was this past deadline that I was pandering for the predators to get, uh, Anthony Duclair. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his game. Um, sure. Evan Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I think Anthony Duclair is going to be really, really good there. Um, I mean, it, it'll be different just because they don't have as many scoring threats. But, um, you know, if he's playing with Hurdle or Couture and, and Hoffman or whoever's on that uh, second, that first or second line, um, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, and then they took a flyer on Philip Zadina, um, which will yeah. be interesting. Um, Zadina has notably not lived up to the hype since being drafted by the Red Wings. Um, I mean, we've seen flashes of, of, of things that he could be, but he's never kind of, he's never broken out. Um, and, you know, I think the hope is that, uh, getting out of Detroit, it'll be another Ellie Tolvanen situation where he leaves a, a, a place that, you know, isn't. I, I don't want to say fond of him, but he just wasn't, he wasn't getting out of it. What was expected, uh, you know, change of scenery. I think people underestimate how much a change of scenery can, can do for a professional hockey player um, or a professional sports player. Uh, I mean, it's fresh starts are, are big. And, and I think that's exactly what Zadina needed. And, and now it's, it's up to him uh, to, to capitalize on, on, on that kind of, you know, that opportunity that he's going to get um, because the Sharks are a young lineup uh, uh, for the most part. They're going to, you know, they're going to need guys like Zadina to contribute. Um, yeah, I mean, they have, and, you know, they have William Eklund uh, in the pipeline. Um, I'm sure they're mm -hmm. hoping that he can, you know, get full-time NHL time this year because, boy, he's a fun <laughs> player. He's that dude. I no, love. He is that dude. dude. He is that dude. I full fully agree. Um, yeah, he's so skilled. Great skater. Uh, he's he's just everywhere. Um, yeah, I think the hope is that they you know they can get a lot out of him this year and, and have him play, uh, you know, full time in the NHL um, where he's you know where he's reached that point in his development. Uh, but yeah, I mean they have some interesting pieces. I, I don't want to say that they're you know trending the right way i think it's going to be another bad year um you know they got mckenzie blackwood as their backup goalie i guess um so that's something uh i guess another change of scenery for a guy that you know 
struggled in New Jersey um, for the most part. You know, he had he had some times where he was he looked like he could be kind of on the same tier in the same tier as, as a goalie like Carter Hart. But then, you know, that just didn't happen. Injuries were a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm super optimistic about a goaltending tandem of Capo Kakinen and Mackenzie Blackwood, but you know, overall, I, I think, I think they did, I think they did okay for the, for the cars that they were dealt. Um, I think the Carlson move was one they had to make and, and they did that. And they, I thought, you know, they came out, you know, pretty, pretty strong, um, from that. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The fact, they're only, the fact that they're only paying what, like a, a 1.5 million in dead cap for, for Carlson, like good that was that's that that you know i didn't think i thought they were for sure gonna have to retain um um but but i mean i i like where they're headed too, kind of like anaheim but then you know this season like you said like you know three players that could start game one for them are matt benning luke cunning and mikhail grandland which yeah you know it's so it's 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 real it's hot and cold and it's mostly cold on, on this lineup yeah. i mean a guy I, i've always liked mark uh, edward vlasic like he i can't even pretend anymore that he's he's you know a great this great defensive defenseman he's just a kind of a shell and he's still making seven million dollars for the next three years so That's it's gonna be rough but <laughs> i think it's gonna be really important for guys like william eckland uh, some of these other younger guys that you know to really show what what they can do because you know outside of hurdle and and maybe Le, uh, like Hoffman and Le, LeBanc on offense there's not much else there there you go speaking of not much else there the Vancouver Canucks who are right there at that middle middle spot that you never want to be in and it feels like the Canucks have been very dysfunctional and quietly <laughs> dysfunctional for the last couple of years like I feel like just because they're tucked away there and then uh, Pacific Northwest and now Seattle is booming and they've got a lot of stealing maybe some spotlight there a little bit um, also, I think the Canucks are still my favorite uniforms and logo and color combination uh, in, in the NHL. I've always loved uh, what the Canucks have done there. But um, quietly, just kind of a sneaky dumpster fire and underachievers. And uh, I don't know really what direction they're going in. Are they going to bottom out uh, based on what you're seeing this offseason, Brian? Or do you think that they actually have a better year than what we saw this past year based on what they've done this offseason? I've been fairly optimistic about a lot of the teams at the bottom of the standings in these previews, and I, I'm having a hard time with Vancouver. It's mm-hmm. they they are kind of they feel like and look like a mess. I mean, it's you know, they they've just they've had a lot going on. I think last year they finished 38, 37, and 7, which, you know, above 500 technically. Um, you know, after after Boudreaux was was let go or you know, was was out and then you know, how do you say it? Toshay talk touch it. I think talk that's it. right. Rick, yeah, talk it. Rick, talk yeah. It. I mean, they did go, they finished, you know, they went what 20, uh, 2012 and four, you know, so it was competitive. Uh, I've, you know, it's looking better, but they've got a lot of guys that, you know, Thatcher Demko, which I, I do like Thatcher Demko a lot. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna be out probably for what three months or so. He's gonna be out to start the season. And so, uh, that's probably why, you know, one of the two reasons we saw what we saw today again, another thing that happened today at noon or so is that they traded Tanner Pearson and a third round pick to to Montreal for Casey DeSmith. So DeSmith is going to come in and probably immediately be that number one goalie, at least to start the season, um, just because they're not going to have him. They they've got yeah, 
you know, cap space is still a problem for them. Like they're, this, they're one of those teams, you know, I, I look at, I feel lucky Nashville sitting at, you know, under $8 million in space because there's what four or five teams right now that are actively looking towards, uh, you know, utilizing LTIR and things like that to kind of, to get around this cap. I mean, there's still $2 million, I believe over, over the cap. And I, they've got plans, you know, to put guys on IR just to be able to get them cap compliant. Uh, but you know, they've got a lot of, it's just, it's not been, it's not been handed well, handled well, you know, and, and we've seen that with, you know, it, with in the, in the bending era is that, you know, it's not looking great and, you know, OEL, um, you know, he's, he's gone. And so it's one of those again, where it's just, they've got so much money, you know, in guys that just aren't, aren't, aren't going to do it, you know? Uh, you know, you, they're going to really rely on, you know, Elias Pedersen, who's in his last year of his contract, you know, making $7.3 million. He's a guy that I'm sure that they want to build around, uh, but he's going to be, you know, he'll be, our, he'll be an RFA. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. Because if this season starts looking worse than last year, you know, it could be, you know, spur him to want to look, you know, look elsewhere. You guys, you still have JT Miller, you've got Brock Besser, um, you know, went out and got, you know, guys like uh, Pius Suter, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Phil Giuseppe, he's, I can't, you know, guy came on the Preds like three or four years ago, didn't really see much of him, but he keeps popping up around the league and, and, and flashes. So that's kind of cool to see, but you know, it's going to be that and Quinn Hughes, you know, um, he's another guy captain. He's 23 years old. Uh, you know, he's absolutely earned that, you know, and, and so you've got those guys like him, Teddy Bluger, Ian Cole, you know, it's just, it's nothing that's going to was going to drastically improve this team or change that. Uh, I don't think that they necessarily are really going to are really going to consider themselves like, yes, we're officially rebuilding quite yet, which maybe they should. But, uh, you know, I just don't see, you know, I think they have a lower ceiling, I think, as as it goes for just maybe, you know, by the end of this season than the other you know, other teams we've talked about so far. So I I'm not very high on Vancouver at all. I think there are pieces there that can be good. Um, but, you know, they're going to be paying for uh, Oliver ekman Larson, you know, a lot of money for a long time. So it's not the cap hits not bad this year, $150,000. But after that, it's, you know, two, two, 2.3 4.7, 4.7, you know, not a great, not a great buyout. But I mean, we do know something about having to pay, pay guys a lot of money in buyouts now. So there you go. Um, next up on the list, Calgary Flames. Jeff, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? The Calgary Flames. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, there's a let me check my notes here. Flames Nation uh, in your bio, so you might yeah. uh, be well versed in what's going on with the Calgary Flames. What uh, happened to the Flames, who were 11 games over 500 uh, this past year? Uh, pretty solid year, but uh, did they have a good offseason in your estimation? And uh, what what do you what did you glean from it? Well, sometimes I feel very unfortunate to know a lot about the Calgary Flames. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't want to say that their offseason was necessarily like really bad, but it was is kind of underwhelming, I guess. Mm. Uh, um, there's still a lot of questions that haven't been answered and were a day from training camp. Uh, you know, like they moved Tyler to Foley uh, to, to New Jersey in which – most people thought was going to be the first domino to fall in a lot of moves. Um, and there just hasn't been. Uh, Noah Hannafin doesn't want to play in Calgary anymore, and they haven't traded him uh, for uh, who knows what reason. Um, 
you, you know, they Michael Backlund hasn't resigned, and he said that uh, I think he said that he, you know, he's not opposed to resigning, but he wants to take the year. Um, and, and of course, I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to dog on Craig Conroy because he was, you know, kind of left with a tough situation when he was brought in. Um, but but he said he wanted his the 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 guys with one year left on their deal last year um you know free agents at the end of this coming season to be re-signed uh you know not uh, obviously not everyone like i don't expect everyone to be re-signed with that um but but you saw that with tyler Toffoli was that he had one year left on his deal and they moved him out um because he didn't want to come he didn't want to come back um yeah and you know elias lindholm another guy that you know they've been in talks with for like a month and a month or two and nothing has happened you know I, i'm a little worried that they're and, I, and i've said this before i've written about it i'm a little worried that they're gonna you know be so focused on bringing him back because they don't have a number one center that they overpay him that they have you know they pay him 9.5 million dollars which he's not worth uh you know, it's it's just it's it's a stressful situation because there's a lot of unknown about it. Um, you know, and, but you know, I'm not gonna sit here and you know complain about all the all the bad stuff that they've done or bad stuff that they've done. Some of it they can't control, but uh, you know, they they have they have the good news is that they have a lot of guys that you can look forward to um, this season. Uh, Igor Sharangovich, who they got in the trade from uh, New Jersey, uh, he'll be interesting to watch uh you know he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna put up a bunch of points but um it'll be interesting to see how he adapts um from the uh lindy ruff andrew brunette offensive style to whatever style ryan huska decides to start playing um which you know i think that was their i think i think for the flames that was their biggest move of the offseason was uh you know getting rid of daryl sutter um but yeah, I think you know there's uh, Oliver Shillington's back. That's gonna be awesome. I I'm super happy that that he's, you know, uh, back from from whatever was ailing him last season and prevented him from playing. Um, and we know Shillington can be a, a he's an excellent transition defenseman, great skater. Um, you know he he's gonna help on on offense most. You know that's that's gonna be his forte. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he gets a little bit more power play time, um, you know, because he's a great puck mover. He's not going to score you a bunch of goals, but he can really he can really pass the puck. Um, and there's guys, you know, Matthew Coronado is one guy to to look out for. You know, he played one game last year and was phenomenal in it. Um, he looked really good against San Jose. Uh, Jacob Peltier, who was given the short end of the stick last year by Daryl Sutter. Um, deserved better. He, you know, analytics say that he was playing better than his numbers actually showed. Um, and I would agree with that just by watching him as well. You know, he, he had a lot of chances that, that just didn't kind of roll the right way. Um, he, he, and, you know, with a consistent line and, and a, a coach that wants him to improve and, and, you know, be in the lineup and, you know, be a, a, an impactful player. I think that, I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, another guy that, well, you know, there, there's other stories too, like Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau and, and the, 
the bounce back that they desperately need. And, and Jacob Markstrom's in that category too. I think, I think Markstrom was, was not good enough last year. I think the goaltending as a whole was not good enough last year. Um, you know, they only missed the playoffs by three point or by two points, but you know, the, the big reason was that they didn't secure a spot earlier was because the goaltending was, was awful for, for most of the year. Um, there were, there were stints towards the end where Markstrom was good, but uh, he, he, you know, it just wasn't, there wasn't enough time left in the season for that to, to matter. Um, another guy coming out of a prospect camp that, you know, might, he has turned a couple heads, but might turn even more heads in, in training camp is, is Adam Klapka. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, you know, in, uh, in their, in their tournament games, I, I didn't get to watch, um, really any of them, but I, you know, some of the people that I write with, uh, like, uh, Robert and Ryan, uh, they, you know, they were tweeting about it. Um, uh, he was really good. Uh, they, he's a big dude. Uh, I'll tell you that much. He's, he's a big, big dude with some sweet hands. And, uh, he, he created a lot of, like, he, he really stood out. Um, and you know, enough to where Calgary media was like, oh my God, this guy, this guy's, he's going to be a, a force in training camp, but like, he's going to be a guy who might contend for a lineup spot, uh, this upcoming year. Uh, yeah, but you know he's gonna be he's gonna be interesting to watch, and and I think it'll be. I, I'm interested. These young guys are are really gonna be the the backbone of this team. You know, as much as Jonathan Huberdeau and and all of these guys, you know, with the big contracts matter. I think that there's there's something to be said uh, about you know these these young players and and the kind of uh, roles that they're given to uh you know to keep pushing the team forward uh, you know another young guy that i haven't mentioned because it's kind of obvious but Dustin wolf he's going to be huge this year in one way or another uh there was you know stuff about colorado's goaltending situation and dan vladar might be on the way out which i am in full support of because that means Dustin wolf gets that backup spot and i think he deserves nhl time this year um, yeah, they, I mean, they have some interesting storylines to watch out for, but uh, overall I wasn't super thrilled with, with what they've done this off season, just for a multitude of reasons. There you go. Brian Bastin, Seattle Kraken, your, uh, non-Preds favorite team when uh, the Preds are not playing. Uh, you're very invested in the Seattle Kraken, similar to the way that Jeff is uh, very invested in what the Calgary Flames are doing. Um, great year for the Kraken last year. Uh, do they run it back? Did you uh, agree with uh, what the front office uh, did this offseason? Are they in a better position to be even better next year? Yeah, um, this is a team, like you said, I, I, I love this team. I love how they've been built. I love the moves that they've made. They've been aggressive. And, uh, you know, this is a team that finished fourth, uh, 46, 28 and eight. Um, sitting about a million dollars under the cap right now, but I mean, they they took Dallas all the way to Game Seven. I mean, this is uh, it's. I I just I love the way this team is you know made up. I think that it was considering the other finalists. So you're looking at the at the GM of the Year award. You know, you had Dallas, Boston, and uh, Florida, which are ones that it's they're hard to argue with. But you can you can take this as a hot take now and and check back with me at the end of the year. Uh, this should be Ron Francis's award next season. Mm. Uh, I, I think the work that Ron Francis has done, I mean, you've got guys like Matty Berniers who won the Calder Trophy last year. I mean, I think it was like 23 goals or 33 uh, assists. I mean, just uh, exactly what you want to see from a guy like that. Yeah, 24 and 33. So, I mean, that's that's including seven points, three goals in the playoffs. I mean, this is a kid that's 
I mean, he's good and he's going to be good. And that they've got they've got a roster full of guys that are good, you know, especially some young players. I mean, obviously, we can talk about Ellie Tolvanen, of course, and his kind of renaissance uh, when he arrived in, you know, arrived in Seattle, which he just, you know, looked like a completely different player. I mean, finished with with Seattle had 16 goals, 11 assists, 27 points. Uh, those are all highs for his career, you know, including full season with with Nashville. I mean, 18 goals in total last year and 31 points is, you know, what you you know what you would expect to see from a player this young. Maybe a couple of years earlier for him, but you know, obviously that move made a whole lot of sense for the, for the Kraken, and you know, it's paying off. Uh, you've got you know Jordan Everly, Jaden Schwartz, um, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Just guys that you love. I just really surprising me. And you know they don't have a guy. They have one player on the roster making over you know over uh, six million dollars, and that's that's Vince Dunn. I mean they've got all their their highest paid forwards are are Everly and Schwartz five point five million dollars. I mean it's they've got the the roster set. Uh, you know I did mention Martin Jones earlier, but I forgot that he did he did uh, he did leave. So they've got Philip Grubauer, which. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he really came on the playoffs. I mean, basically, I think it was probably a lot of the reason that they succeeded as much as they did. But, you know, they, I think they could still be on, in the hunt for looking at another goaltender. They've got what, uh, Chris Drager and uh, Joey Decord as well uh, as, as backups. So they've, they've got guys, but I think this is a team that, you know, as the season progresses, like if, the, if goaltending, which is still, it's pretty relatively solid if that's good that that could be their biggest weakness going forward and if that's like if they think you know what getting a quality guy in here uh in net for the you know for the playoff push and in the play, a playoff run you know that might be the only thing that they think they need to kind of get themselves over the hill over the hump and again for a brand new team that's really impressive i've i've, I've been really really impressed with what they've done um you know brian dumoulin uh pierre edward Bel- belmar kyler yamamoto another young guy that i think is is gonna be really cool i mean yamamoto is a good story for a lot of reasons he's the first player they've had from uh from washington so that's that's really cool that kind of he's a hometown kid now um you know carson susie's out ryan donato morgan geeky daniel sprong but those are guys i think they're gonna be fine without you know um those are three guys that have been been there since the beginning but you know i just this is a team that is is being built really well uh they you know, they almost did it last year. And, um, you know, I don't think that they're done being contenders. And I think that they, you know, they'll be in the playoffs. I'd, I'd be almost willing to guarantee it at this point. Um, and I think they'll be better than, than than fourth this year. I think, you know, Dave Haxtell's done an incredible job. Ron Francis has done an incredible job building this team. They've got some just an insanely smart people working in their hockey ops department. Um, and, you know, it's cool to see a team be built in a modern way you know, where they're not having to adhere to history, to tradition, and they're going in guns firing and it's working out for them. It's just a really fun team to watch. And uh, I, I, I'm really, really impressed with what they've done. There you go. Los Angeles Kings, almost identical records to the Seattle Kraken. I think a couple of years ago, we thought the Kings might be going towards a long-term rebuild and they were someone you weren't really certain um, after a really good run, like a really good run uh as contenders in the nhl but um they were good last year 47 25 and 10 jeff what do you make of the kings offseason are they going to be uh near the top of the kraken and the golden knights and the oilers once again next year yeah i mean they're they're a good team uh they're they're a good team and and some might argue they're only going to get better uh but 
I think I think I'd have a I wouldn't have a problem with that if they address their goaltending situation this this offseason. Uh, you know, Yunus Corpusalo is gone. Um, and as much as, uh, you know, he's not like your typical, you know, number one starter, he was he was very good for L.A. last year. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the tandem of, of Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot doesn't exactly enthuse me. Um, but, you know, I mean, they play it. They play a style of game to where. You know, Phoenix Copley won a bunch of games last year and he wasn't some might argue he wasn't even really that good. They just they just the team in front of him was just very good. Um, yeah, I mean, they they have their lineup is is one of I, I'd argue one of the most fun in the entire NHL. Mm. Um, you know, they address uh, they address the center position this offseason. They traded for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, which is going to be huge. You know, you have <laughs> the, these three, you have Kopitar, Dubois, and Deneau down the middle. That's just, that's just insane to me. I, I, you know, there, there are very few teams that can boast that kind of center depth. Um, you know, and I think, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to have a good time in Los Angeles playing with the guys he's going to play with. Um, you know, Adrian Kempe, 40 goal scorer. Who saw that coming? Uh, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a weapon. Uh, and, and they have a bunch of them, you know, Kevin Fiala, another guy who uh, he's just, they're just, they're so dynamic in, in, you know, what they can do with and without the puck. Uh, and, and the best part I think about the, about the Kings is, is that they, they have this good mix of, of young players with older guys. You know, you have your Danos, you have your Kopitar's, you know, you have your, your dowdies, your, you know, there, there's, there's guys with experience and there's guys that, that have, you know, you know, like high level experience, like playoff experience. Um, but then you have guys like, you know, Quentin Byfield who, you know, he's still, he's only 21. So I think people freaking out about him uh, are, are being a little premature. Um, but he, you know, he, he wants to have a, a, a better season than they did last year. He was, I think, around half a point per game, which isn't bad. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not, doesn't make me worried about him. Um, another guy, Arthur Kaliev, uh, who, you know, he's just a weapon. Uh, he's, he's, I think some might argue he's the best goal scorer on the team. And he's, you know, he hasn't, he can, he's so young. He hasn't even hit his peak yet. I think last year he scored 15, I want to say. Um, he was, you know, he's, he's young or he scored 13, my, my bad. Um, but still, you know, he's a young guy with a incredible shot. He has a nose for the night. He's 22. Um, and he's, he's playing in a top six role, um, with some very talented guys and he's a power play threat all the time. Um, you know, the hope is that he reaches 20, 25 goals this year. Um, you know, every year taking a step forward, um, yeah, you know, they also have guys like you know, older guy Victor Arvidsson, uh now now a veteran, I guess, uh on, on that team for sure. Uh yeah, he scored I mean he scored 26 goals last year. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, like if you look at, at Arvidsson and Fiala, two old veterans, as you're saying, you know, they're what, 30, <laughs> 30 and 27 now, which is crazy yeah. to me to think that Fiala's that old. Uh those two would have been the two the Preds leading scorers goal scorers last year had they been on the team because Matt Duchesne led the team with 22. And uh, it was it was what twenty six and twenty three for these guys, and like yep. they've made up last two seasons combined, they've scored one hundred and ten, I think, goals, and that's you know mm-hmm. Fiala and Arvidsson, you know, and so 
they know what they're doing out there in LA. Like these are guys that, you know, I, th- I, I would have sworn that Arvidsson's 20 plus goal scoring years were past him, but mm-hmm. you know, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and obviously, you know, I could go on and on about their forwards and how fun they are, but their defense I think is, is just as good. I mean, you know, Drew Doughty's, he's not, you know, prime Drew Doughty anymore, but he's still an effective guy that can eat minutes. Um, and people love that. Uh, uh, and then they, you know, they brought back uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, which is huge. And, and obviously, you know, you have Matt Roy. I think, I think the best part about this Kings team and, and the defense specifically is, is what's going to happen um, on that third pair. Um, because like the forwards, I think they're going to have young guys, you know, competing for that position. I think Brant Clark is going to get a look. I think Jordan Spence is going to get a look. Um, Tobias Bjornfoot's another guy that, that, that could get like, these guys are, you know, they're young, they're, they're, you know, offensively inclined. Like they, they have these, they have, you know, skill sets that you're not going to find in, in a lot of, you know, defense scores. Like these guys, you know, they have potential to be, you know, top, top four defensemen, like all of them. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just a fun team with a lot of young guys with, with lots of great potential that they're drafting, you know, I could go on and on about how well they've drafted over the last three, four years. Um, so yeah, they're going to be a, they're going to be a fun team, um, likely contending still at the top of the Pacific. Um, I guess the biggest question would just be goaltending. There you go. Final two here, Edmonton Oilers. Have you heard about this? They have a pretty good player, Brian, 50, 23 and nine a year ago. Let me check my notes here. A Connor, Connor Mc, um, McDavid, Connor, Connor McDavid. Have you yeah, heard Connor him? McDa- Connor McDavid. Yeah. McDavid. Yeah. McDavid. Yeah, That's good. my bad. <laughs> I, I thought you were. Ta- I thought you were referencing their new star defenseman, Matthias Ekholm. But yeah, that, that is where I was going with that. Well, tell us about Ekholm in this off season for the Oilers, sir. I mean, it's the Oilers. I think. I've previewed the them end of least... conversation next up on the, it's yeah. the I mean, well, I mean, I, I feel like I previewed them uh, either in writing or on a podcast, you know, a couple times in the last couple of years. And I feel like it's kind of the same preview. I mean, they've, the sky's the limit for the Edmonton Oilers. It really, it really is. And and when you've got guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl, literally the, the worst thing to happen to the Nashville Predators ever um, every time they play. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. His, his record against the Predators, I, I'll have to look that up here in a second, but it's the dude has just chewed this team up and spit them out so many times. And, and, you know, they've got, they've got guy, more guys that, you know, there aren't those two. I mean, again, Matias Ekholm, we talked about him. Um, I, I like Darnell Nurse, but I just think I like Ekholm and where he's developed and what he's turned into. I think a little bit more and maybe just a little bit of a bias, obviously, but you know, that's their two, top two guys. And those are, I mean, that's, that's good. That's one, that's a good tandem to have, you know, uh, heading up that. So, I mean, you got guys like that. I mean, they, there's a lot of, you know, I think Evander Kane obviously is always a, a complicated situation, but he, you know, affected Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, you know, there's, there's some, there's some down spots. Of course, I, I still can't believe that Cody CC is making, as much money as he is in the NHL. Um, but I think he is basically what they need him to be. Um, goaltending, you've got Jack Campbell, uh, Stuart Skinner, which is all right, I think. But again, you don't, I don't think necessarily when, you know, in theory, a team like Edmonton doesn't need to have lights out goaltending. Um, but in practice, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's so it's, they're a team that's, that, Again, like you, you talk about them, and it's like, yeah, this is a playoff team. You know, uh, it's not a far stretch to say that Connor McDavid's probably not going to score as much as he did last year, but he's probably still going to win the Hart Trophy. 
Um, you know, it, it just like, and that's, that's, you know, oh man, he's going to have a down year from his previous year and he's still probably going to win the heart, you know, uh, it's, you know, Dylan Holloway, I think is going to be a bigger piece this year. I mean, he was in, in, in his 12 games in the minors, seven goal, seven goals, three assists. I mean, I think that he'll probably step on for them for the, in the third line. Um, but I mean, you're going to see a lot. I think, I think what, you know, uh, Jay Woodcroft has is, is a team that could, either win him you know win him a coach coach of the year award or be the reason he gets fired you know you just there's one of the two things because there's the, the expectations are always sky high i mean i've seen some some very smart people you know talk about this team and say like yeah this should be this should be a team that makes it to stanley cup final and i don't think that's a lot that's you know for several years now that's not too much to ask <laughs> you know yeah. um jack campbell again i think that's a good that's a good signing. I think that's going to help help make things a little bit easier for him. Um, and then um, who was it? Uh, oh, uh, I think uh, Bouchard. Yeah, Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he's going to have a massive year. I think offensively. I, I just I think all the pieces are there for him to to really start to contribute. I took over on the power play. Um, you know, on the right side as their as their quarterback. And so, you know, they've just got a lot there that I think is really going to be fun to watch because they are i mean except for when they're playing nashville they're a fun team to watch because there's just so much talent i mean dry sidle alone i mean like this is a guy that I, I i honestly kind of feel bad for because i think he's going to forever be in mcdavid's shadow and anywhere else they're building a statue of him outside the the arena you know eventually just because the guys you can't really complain about a guy just scoring as many goals as he does i mean he's probably going to hit 50 this year there's no reason he won't hit 50 this year uh so i mean Edmonton is again. I don't see them regressing, um, but you know they're the same team where I have a hard time thinking that this is the year that they get over the hump either. And I don't know what it is, um, and I, I'm sure that they would also like to know, or and Connor McDavid would probably also like to know what it is about this team that keeps them from from long term success like that. But you know everything's there. This is what you. This is what most GMs dream of that their team may look like eventually. So. Um, We'll see. Again, like I said, this will make or break some careers, I think, this season. Um, and we'll see how that how that turns out. But they're a scary good team, as always. I think um, they they flirted with what fifty five percent goals for. Like mm. that's a pretty decent a pretty decent figure there. Yeah, uh, not I, bad. Yeah, I think they I think they hit that. I mean, so I think that's going to happen for them. It's so I mean, offensive. I don't think it's a problem. Defense, I think, is better than when they started the season last year. So, you know, Jack Campbell comes in. We'll see how he does, making $5 million a year. And so we'll we'll see. But it's going to be really interesting with them. And, uh, you know, again, when you the, the, the risks of having coaching a team like this that's this talented is that the leash is very, very short because, you know, hey, you're expected to do great things. No pressure. Uh, Jeff Middleton, the final team here, a team that's uh, had a lot of success in a very short amount of time in the NHL, the Las Vegas Go-Go Knights. That could be an Mm -hmm. alternate spinoff, the Go-Go Knights. Uh, I think there's the Go-Go Wizards or something, the G League team for the Wizards. I was going to say, don't say it again because they will incorporate that that into their their pregame. I mean, there you go. Austin Powers should be all about their pregame. I don't know why. I just think Austin Powers theme stuff should be in the latest Golden Knights stuff. Jeff, 51, 22, and 9 for Vegas. What do you make of their offseason? Are they going to be the best team in the uh, Pacific once again next year? Uh, Probably. I mean, there's not really anywhere to go but down from here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Shout Stanley out to the Cup. Bruins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stanley Cup champions, you can't get any better than that. Uh, 
I mean, they're they're just they're just so good. I, I, I it's it's frustrating uh, how how good they they are and and how good their roster is for a team that hasn't been around as long as as they have. I mean, uh, you know, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, Hans Smythe winner. Um, I mean, these guys are phenomenal in their own right. Um, you know, Chandler Stevenson was was incredible last year. Um, I thought he was very good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the their defense is where you know things get like really good. Like their forwards are obvious. I mean, they have superstar talent in their forward core. But man, their their defense is just is just nuts. It, you know, you have Alec Martinez with Alex Petrangelo, which phenomenal pairing. Alec Martinez is a, is a really good defensive defenseman that can also he's you know he's not like a black hole offensively like he can create in the zone. And Alex Petrangelo, you know, some might argue he should have a Norris right now. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd argue that, but uh, either way, he's been a top five defenseman in the NHL for probably what, four years now? Like he's, I mean, he's, he's very good. Um, and then next, next up, you got Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, another guy who is really good offensively. Uh, and Braden McNabb is like the perfect compliment to him. Um, they, they do different things well and they mesh well together. I mean, I'm a, I think Shea Theodore is one of the most underrated defensemen in the entire NHL. Hmm. Um, and it's not because, you know, I don't think he's I don't think he's like Jacob Slavin in the way that his two way play makes him underrated and he does all the little things correctly. But I think I think part of it's that he's overshadowed by all of these other names on Vegas that he just kind of is like, yeah, Shea Theodore is also there. Um, like he's just a, he's a complimentary piece, um, which is crazy because he's he's a very good defenseman. Um, and then, you know, third pair, Nick, Hague, Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud, Zach Whitecloud, huge Zach Whitecloud fan over here. I, I'm. Full stop. I love Zach Whitecloud, and mm-hmm. you know Nick Hague is a, another another big physical body that can play defense, and he's you know he's a threat. Like these these guys, the way that they have constructed this defense, I think is is just it's just phenomenal. Like that they, it's so good. Um, you know they have these guys that are very capable offensively that can create with all of these different. You know they use their some use their skating, some use their puck handling, some use their their passing. Uh, some use transition like you know they, they they're multifaceted and then they have these guys on the on the left side that are physical they're they 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 get in the corners they play defense really well they hit people really hard like they you know they prevent teams from wanting to go into the inside and that's you know that's a big deal um again i, I think this team is gonna make or break with goalies uh you know aiden hill uh was, he was really good in the in the cup run there's no denying that, but also the playoffs are the playoffs and you never know what you're going to get in the regular season. 82 games is a lot of games and that's a lot of time for, for a goalie to, to lose their mojo. Um, and you know, that might not happen that, you know, that's goaltending is a crazy position. Um, and then Logan Thompson, uh, whether or not, you know, he can come back and, and be, you know, the Logan Thompson that, that we know he can be. Um, I, I think I think he could be a very strong starter. I, I don't think either option is bad. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think I think I take this tandem over Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's going to be, a, a, a you know, an interesting thing to watch. Um, you know, they got rid of Riley Smith this offseason. Uh, that'll be something to watch out for. They gave Ivan Barbashev 
I think way too much money. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least, at least in my opinion, um, you know, I know what he can do for them. He does. I mean, he, he was, he was good with them and I'm not denying that, but I think, you know, 5 million is, is a lot to be, to be paying him for, uh, especially over five years. You know, I think that's a lot to be paying someone that, you know, of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think getting right. I think getting rid of Riley Smith was, was something that, you know, it, it leaves a hole in the forward core um, for sure. You know, I mean, he was their, you know, fourth leading scorer. He was 56 points in 78 games, almost 30 goals. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's not something that's easily, you know, replaced, but they're still, they're still the Vegas Golden Knights, man. They still got Bruce Cassidy. Like that, that just, they're just not going to be a bad team. There's no way they're still going to be. Yeah. I mean, you still have Rob, what Robin Lander's still on LTIR, right? I mean, he's still back there too. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's there's that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I will say like a few years back, I think it was when they made the Petrangelo signing. I was like, they are running themselves up against the cap. They're going to be in cap hill very soon. And so it's, it's do or die. And they said, bet, like, got you. Like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> Hold sure. my beer. Yeah, I got you, buddy. Like, and then they did it. And the fact that, you know, they're 4 million over, they're going to do LTIR stuff to get under, uh, under the cap. But the fact that this team looks like it does with the way that they've spent, you know, you you let them, you know, you kind of let them get away with giving a, a guy like Provorov like a bunch of money. Like, you know, you do like, or, you know, you you kind of let it slide because I mean, it's working. It's I, mean, I, I wouldn't, if the Preds signed Barbashev to, to five million by five years, I, I think I'd be like, what are you doing? But I mean, I, I trust Vegas's, Vegas's run office to work around it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if I said here, here's twenty million dollars, you can either spend it on Jack Eichel and Mark Stone or like anybody you want from you know the Predators. I mean, I mean, you can talk about Riley Smith. It is a loss, but at the same time, Jack Eichel and 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 Mark Stone. Like yeah. I love Mark Stone. I I Mark Stone is the best. He is he's, he's incredible. so good. He's and, you know, so good. These guys are making nineteen point five million dollars together. You know, and they're going to be there for three more years. Like that's. That's crazy that they've got that and that they turned that huge spending spree that they went on. And of course, credit to Vegas for really just scaring the crap out of the rest of the NHL by, you know, really giving it to all the NHL GMs in their expansion draft. Uh, but man, they what they've done and what they're doing and how can you expect them to not win this division and not be the, you know, probably the best team in the West? Uh, I, I really think that that's, that's where they, they have to be. And it's going to be hard to see them drop, you know, past second, maybe in the Pacific, if things go wrong, you know, I, say, I think the only team contending with them is Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I, we did it. The, uh, the Pacific division now wrapped up here. Where are we going next week? Y'all? Well, of course, next week, is, it's real big. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about the Central Division, something that I'm sure all of you guys out there are going to be very interested in, uh, you know, at, talking about landing spots for guys like Matt Duchesne in Dallas and Ryan Johansson in Colorado. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of these teams we preview. It's like, yep, and here's a, pre- a former Predator, and here's probably what they're going to do, and they're probably going to be better. Uh, but I think the thing I'm most really excited for is that our, oh, own, no. our own host, our own host, the man with the plan, Chase, is going to be doing the big preview for the Nashville Predators. And so I'm very excited for that because it may seem like I'm excited because I'm like, oh, he doesn't know. And he's like, no, Chase is going to crush it. And so I'm. It, it's going to be good. Because- <laughs>
another full year. Like I get more and more insight each and every year uh, that right. I'm watching this team full time. So it's uh, it's fun, and I'm uh, I'm excited for the new year. And also, it's kind of fun to be on the ground floor of a, a new era here because you're mm-hmm. kind of like jumping at the tail end of something that was once good and uh, slowly dying uh, year over <laughs> year. But now, rebirth. Uh, a little bit for the Preds uh, going up this year. So look out for that next week on Preds Power Hour here on the Chase Ones Podcast. So look out for that YouTube socials, all that good stuff, and subscribe today. Brian Baston, Jeff Middleton, thank you as always, and I'll talk to you all next week. See this has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um, pleasantness you're smart so i think i'm going to hear big things about you nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 